0: the happiness and the relief that I felt when I was let go far exceeded how I felt walking into a place that I knew no longer served the purpose that god had for me with You're listening to The Traditional Millennial with Brittany Dodson, where conventional meets contemporary and faith fills the gaps. So, um, yeah, here we are with this new podcast idea that just kind of came out of nowhere, but from somewhere um, that I just didn't really think would be a reality for me. But hey, why not? I'm not a stranger to talking. Um, maybe I talk too much sometimes. Um, I love to talk about Jesus. And I do want to be a part of influencing this generation and And this culturally adept, but no offense, sometimes unbeknown to us, inept society that I'm a part of. And I do want to do that through the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, the things that we deal with aren't new to the world, even in the days of the early church. They dealt with a lot of the same things we deal with now because the Bible does say there is nothing new under the sun. And Solomon wrote that even back in his time. And that's why when you read your Bible, sometimes you're like, hey, God, you knew we were going to need this. So you went ahead and just put it in there because we were going to complain and grumble about the same thing in 2021 that they did back in you know, the early days of the church. So, you know, God be knowing y'all. He really does be knowing. We don't give him enough credit sometimes. We should give him all credit, but he does know. So I just want to do my part in sharing the good news And not being a selfish Christian and sitting on some of the things and the revelations that God does give to me. And, And I want people to know that there is hope in Christ and you really can deny yourself fleshly pleasures. You can please God and you can still live a fulfilling and joyful and fun life. So today i like to maybe let this be an introduction to this podcast to let you know kind of how we got here and the hope for where it's going. I would like to encourage someone who may be struggling with the what, the how, and the why that comes with being obedient to and executing God's plan for your life. So I'm just gonna give you a little background into the whole situation here. So some of you may know, but a lot of you may not know that back in August of 2020, I lost my job. I didn't think I was going to lose my job. Not not me. You know, you always say that to yourself, like, no, not me. I'm not going to be the one to experience this. But yes, I did. Um, but it, it was a job that I, had, I felt like I had given my blood, sweat, and tears to. And with a company that I had been with for about 11 years, And so now that I look back on that, I did learn that you cannot give all of yourself to a career, to things, to people, because a lot of times your level of sacrifice and diligence may not always be met with that same proportion. But when you do give yourself to God, when you give anything to God, anything that you do for anyone, any area of your life that you do it in, I mean, all of your efforts they will be rewarded. I mean, in in Romans 2 and 10, it says there will be glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good. And then also it's a popular uh, passage that we use in Galatians 6. It says, and let us not grow weary in well-doing for in due season we will reap if we faint not or if we don't give up. But, you know, in in, in knowing these things, sometimes it's hard to actually put them into practice. But in giving too much of myself to a position to benefits to money and even a title, God had to force me to do what He had been telling me to do for a long time. Um, I was comfortable, I was making good money, I was, you know, living right up the road from where my job was. So I thought, hint, I thought things were good, but in reality, I was really sacrificing God's will for my own convenience. You know, I'm reminded of a book I read by Andrew Murray. It was entitled Humility. And I'm also reminded of the text in Matthew 23 that says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will will be exalted. So in Murray's book, he spelled out what it means for the Christian to practice humility. So for the believer to be humble is for them to become void of themselves, to think of themselves as nothing so that God can become everything. And so let me tell you something, when you begin to rely on yourself, on your own means, your own influence, your own thought process, your own intellect, or your own wisdom— God will indeed bring you down. Um, the Bible is so true in this regard. So, for me in this situation, with the type of person that I am, and I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but I absolutely hate losing. Like, I, I hate feeling defeated or feeling like I failed at something. And I'm a com- super competitive person. So, it's something about losing that really does mess with your ego. Like, I know it did mine, but in this situation, God had to bring me down out of the clouds and back into his presence that reminds me that I need him and that I need to listen and obey him at all times, not just during those times where I feel like I need him and then I disregard his guidance and his instruction during those times when I want to rely on myself. But in that, I did learn a valuable lesson that You can never let the things of this world and the comforts of this world that you can see cause you to lose sight of the intangible, permanent things of God that you can't see. Because if you really think about it for a second and just go with me here for a second, this might be a little weird. But um, those things that God has for us are only hidden from us for a moment. But when you actually walk into them The realization of all that God was calling you to do, it becomes so clear. So 2 Peter, it says, don't overlook the fact that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as one day. So keep in mind that God operates out of time. So everything has already happened with God. So what seems like forever to us that makes us not trust the process that God has for us, it literally happens in no time. You know, like people say, you did that in no time. Like with God, because he operates out of time and in eternity, things literally happen in no time with him. So, but that's where our faith has to come into play. See, faith tells you that you that what you don't see is what you hope for. Because faith produces works that have lasting effects versus giving in to doubt and making those heat of the moment decisions and that, tem- that basically lead to just heat of the moment satisfaction. And we have to remember that, that with God, things are already done. It, it, it's sealed. Everything has already happened. We just have to position ourselves to walk into those things. And at the time that all of this was going on with me, and I wasn't wanting to trust the process, and I wanted to stay where I was. My mind just was not reconciling all of that. Like, I, I could not just see myself walking away from something that was giving me so much comfort. But during this time, I was so like discombobulated and so flustered and so confused that I, I started missing things that I wouldn't normally miss. I started becoming a direct reflection of my displeasure for my job, and, and I was no longer a happy person. And I was that way for a long time because I started to feel out of place. And I know that being a part of something that you grow to not agree with per se and believe in, and that, that is starting to cause you to become inundated with convictions, it, it may be a good indicator that it's time to accept that you've done what you've been called to do. You've become who God needed you to become in that place. And, and it's time for you to leave that place to progress into the place that God is calling you into. And this rang true at that point in my life. See, God was upending things for me and he was making me accept the truth because every time I would say, I would be like, I'm going to stay here or I'm going to make this work and I'm I'm fine with my job. God bless me with this job. What do I look like leaving? Something would happen that would just, again, cause me to question, like, Brittany, what are you still even doing here? You don't even enjoy what you're doing anymore. You're getting no fulfillment out of it. But the truth of the matter was that long before I lost my job, and I alluded to this before, God was calling me away from it and into something that was going to cause me to step out of my comfort zone and give more of myself to him and accept that there was more that he had for me to do for the kingdom. So I had fulfilled my purpose where I was and my time was up there. And now God had other plans for me. You know, two weeks before I was actually let go, I had typed up an email to send to management. And I was going to tell them that I wanted to put in my two weeks' notice because I was just ready to go. And instead of doing that, I sent an email that said I wanted to step down from my position. And so God was like, okay. Since you don't want to let this go, I'm giving you an out. I've tried, I tried to give you an out, and get, so that you can prepare yourself on before this, but you just don't want to do right. He, he just said, I'm just gonna have to do what you won't do. So I ended up being separated from the company, but in that you all have no idea how happy I felt when I heard those words. And this is the weirdest thing. At first I thought something was wrong with me. I'm like, are you in shock or something like, girl, you just got fired. Like, why are you smiling and why are you so happy and excited? But, it was because I knew for one that that was what God God was telling me to do all along and I right then and there it doesn't take long for you to realize that God is just calling you out on your disobedience and he, he's whipping your butt and so I knew that but I also knew that the God I serve is faithful and I knew that I know, that when you're trying to please him, and maybe you don't go go about it the right way. I know I didn't in my case, but he always takes care of you. So I did know that he had something else that he wanted me to do. And, and another thing was that the happiness and the relief that I felt when I was let go far exceeded how I felt walking into a place that I knew no longer served the purpose that God had for me. And also, I knew that I was good at what I did. You know, I I knew what I had been able to accomplish, the relationships I was able to develop, the people I was able to influence and help them to see their potential. And, you know, I, I just earnestly believe that that mattered. And that was what God needed for me to do. He needed for me to see. And then he needed for me to leave. And so I, I still, even to this day, have people and patients that reach out to me who just want to chat a little bit. But they they tell me how much I helped them and how much they're how much they appreciate everything that I was able to do for them. So I knew the impact that I had while I was there, but I also knew that it was time to go. But because of that, when I started not to feel purposeful or useful there anymore, I knew that God needed me to be impactful and useful somewhere else. Even if that meant, and I know this sounds very like ominous to us, but even if that meant I had to mop floors or deliver meals or volunteer or just be in a position that nowadays doesn't receive the accolades and the prominence that deems people necessary to be somebody or defines them as somebody... And I mean, I was willing to do that at that time. And at the time, I really didn't have a choice, did I? But no, I, but I was willing to do that because I knew God was calling me into that. And, you know, I talked to a lot of millennials, a lot of friends and family members who seem to be stuck in places that they aren't happy in or that they don't find joy in because they feel hard pressed to stay Maybe because of bills or responsibilities, because of comfort or even like external pressure from other people um, or other situations. And so they find it difficult to make a God move. And, and now, in the am I saying, let me back this up, Whoop, reel this in. Am I saying that you have to quit your job? No. Am I saying you need to get fired from your job? Absolutely not. You don't want that on your resume. But... <laughs> What I am saying is that your job now may, it may very well be the means to a greater beginning. Notice I didn't say end, but a greater beginning. It it may be the catalyst for your dream or for your passion. So while you're there, get all you can from where God has you so that you can store up for when harvest time comes. That's honestly what happened to me. I was at a place that I was no longer necessary where I was, so I did have enough sense to store up for the winter, and I used that place. That I was in to get my new place settled and ready to develop, in order to plant more seeds for the kingdom. Unbeknown to me, I didn't even realize that that's what I was doing, but it was. So if you know that the Lord is working with you to move you, and even if you don't know, maybe ask Him. Not maybe, ask Him to see what it is that He wants you to do. But if He was, if He's pressing on your heart and He's nudging you and working with you to do something then use the platform that you currently have to prep the ground that you're about to form. So check this out. I'm reminded of a Bible study lesson that my dad, who is my pastor at the Freedom Missionary Baptist Church in Alzheimer, Arkansas, feel free to come and join us any Sunday or Wednesday, we will be there. But I'm reminded of a Bible study lesson that he taught on Galatians 6 that was dealing with reaping and sowing. And so he compared the gardener to the farmer. He told us how a gardener, they really just garden for a small group. There's no intention for the masses. It's solely like a personal garden only for one household. But the farmer, they feed everywhere. The intent... And the premise of the farmer's efforts, they're for worldwide benefit, and they offer what they have to anyone who wants it. So think of your current state in that way so that you can move beyond yourself and into what God intends. In that passage, it says that the one who sows to the flesh will reap corruption, but the one who sows to the spirit will reap life everlasting. So right now, If you're just gardening to take care of yourself, like throw that mindset out the window. Don't don't just want to use the means that you have for you and you only, because then you cannot expect a plenteous harvest and a gain that's akin to that of the farmer. So if God is currently keeping you where you are, you need to know that it's so you can become a farmer. So you can begin to sow into the greater task of a farmer that God is calling you to. So that way you can reap a harvest of family, of friends, um, colleagues, even strangers who will become believers and laborers in the gospel because they've seen your faith and they've seen your work and they've seen your labor. So so just make sure you're thinking in that way. Think bigger than yourself, even with the position that you're in, even if it's not a, a, a very A desirable one. You know, I had to learn this, and this is something that we all have to learn. If you haven't already, some of you may have mastered this already, but we do have to learn that when God knows the desires of your heart, but he knows that he has something for you to do that's going to please him, he will get your attention. It's kind of like Elijah when he was at the brook of Cherith. God had to dry up the brook in order for Elijah to get up and go what he, what to do, go and do what God needed him to do. And so I experienced just that I don't know if any of you have, but I know I, I recently have. I had to reconcile with the fact that money isn't everything, comfort isn't everything. And you can give every piece of yourself to something, but if it's not what God has for you, then your efforts are futile and you, you but you can't ever put too much faith and confidence in yourself, your own abilities and other people In a way that sometimes may even elude you, that causes you to not make room for God to move and direct you how he needs to. But in all of that, with all that that was going on with me, not two days later, I was set up for an interview with the hospital that I work for now. And within a month's time, I had a new job. So I knew God was working on my behalf. I'm no longer stressed to the max (laughs) and I'm able to be more assiduous and put more time and effort into the things that God is calling me into, which is ministry, especially being that I had decided to pursue a seminary degree to be more effective in ministry, especially in interpretation and application of the word of God. So For all of you who are unsettled about doing something that God is calling you into, you first have to know that what you are envisioning or being hard pressed about is from God, because otherwise making the wrong move prematurely on your own will only leave you dealing with the consequences of that wrong move. If you're ever questioning how to do something, I'm telling you, just do it. Just do it. Just follow God's instruction and just do it because the cost of being disobedient to God is greater than the, the temporary moment of discomfort. And when you really think about it, it's not even really true discomfort because God never walks us into a situation A situation. Uh, that was a hard word, that makes us uncomfortable because the Holy Spirit is our comfort. It only challenges our natural level of complacency. But if we trust God all the way through, then the Bible tells us he'll keep us in perfect peace because our minds will be stayed on him in order to effectively carry out his purpose and his plan. And when it comes to the why, Look, again, don't even question it because if God is calling you to it, you know, it's for his glory and his honor and it's for the kingdom. And more often than not, it's for someone else and not even just for yourself. So a lot of why we are here doing this podcast is because I lost my job. (laughs) No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But on a serious note, God knows that we need more millennials who are willing to look deep into scripture that will take it for what it is, not pervert it or project our meaning onto what God was originally saying to the biblical biblical audience then. But instead, he wants people that will allow the word of, of God and that beautiful, alive, quickening word to penetrate and permeate our lives from the pages to our hearts instead of from our hearts and minds to the pages. You know, I want to be able to help bridge the gap between those who are staunchly holding to tradition, holding on for dear life, and then those who maybe are excessively embracing modernity. Um, I want to try to answer those questions that us as millennials have and explore even questions concerning issues that we might need to examine a little more closely and more vigilantly and more carefully. You know, my hope in this is that I can talk to other millennials, um, Generation Z individuals or baby boomers and those who came before us in, in order to help us to get to know Christ in a way that doesn't compress the gospel, but neither does it com- compromise the message of Jesus Christ. You know, our generation, we we don't back down. We stand our ground. We're bold. We're shakers and movers. We're go-getters. We're extremely ambitious. and, And we do... Have a boss like mindset about a lot of things. So, think of how influential we would be if we gave all of that back to God. Like, we would be a force to be reckoned with, and we would see miracles happen. We would see mountains move. We would see the sick healed. We would see the dead rise. Hatred turned into love. And y'all, we would see a communing with the Lord like never before. And that is what. God wants to see happen in this generation. All right, y'all, that's a wrap for today's episode. The first episode. Look, y'all, make sure you connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Brittany Dotson Music, and also on Twitter at I am BD Music. I really don't be on Twitter that much. I need to start being a little bit more active on Twitter. But anyway, I'm on there at B at I Am. BD Music. Look, I would love to hear from you. Would absolutely love to hear from you since this was the first episode. Um, And be sure to tune in next week for a new episode. Again, thanks for hanging out with me today on The Traditional Millennial, where conventional meets contemporary and faith fills the gaps.